0: Hi, pals. This has now been rebranded as the Mobile Mentor Podcast, so bear with us through the Brand, Mind, Body, old branding. All content is just as valuable. Welcome to the show. Hello, and welcome to the Brand, Mind, Body podcast. I'm Alex Blanks. Feed your mind and body right to make yourself into a better brand. Everything is a brand nowadays, even people. What we do, what we say, the choices we make, and how we behave, and these shape how we progress through life. So it's time to do some work internally and make ourselves into personal brands we're super proud of. Happy listening! Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Brand Mind Body. Happy end of February. Um, I'm going to talk this week about quitting alcohol, people and meat for a month. And um, although this was an experiment I did last year in my um, travels after leaving my job and um, leaving London and kind of taking myself off that that lifestyle and um, put myself into more remote locations and detaching myself from the familiar I thought would be really good point to discuss all my learnings in podcast form because I wrote a blog post about it which if you want to go read is on my blog at brownmindbody.blogspot.com and it will be on the 10th of the 2018 year Um, and there's some pictures in that but this time um, I wanted to go into my current relationship with those three things and what I learned from that time doing it for a month and how my kind of opinion has slightly evolved. Um, The reason why I chose to quit those three is because I wanted to I guess return to myself a bit more, it was part of my mission to really re- reconnect with my authentic self inside and listen to what I needed and wanted and what made me feel better um, and kind of question my current habits that, and routines that I, that I hadn't for a while and think about how those three things had been affecting my life and what I was doing um, thus far. Um, so I found it really invaluable and I think everyone should do a stint of trying something um, that perhaps they have an iffy relationship within their life to just see how that affects you emotionally and mentally and physically um, and as I'm a podcast about the brand, your own brand which is fueled by your mind and body I thought this was a perfect subject that encapsulated that um, so yeah the first one was <clears throat> um, remo- removing alcohol from my system and my routine for a month and I think that was easy um, and the reason I chose these three things was primarily because they're all stimulants of some sort so I guess alcohol is the easiest one to like um, categorize as a stimulant because obviously it makes you drunk and it removes your clarity and grays your kind of view of the world but I think people and meat for me personally as personal stimulants had Influenced me hugely, people because I think just being around certain energies and listening to people's opinions, and um, kind of absorbing people's behaviors and actions. I think as a quite an impressionable person in time, at times, um, I can see this as kind of influencing how I am and how I feel. So I needed to kind of get rid of that and see how I was when I'm just alone and true to myself. Meat because obviously um, in Western society, uh, if you don't really get the really hardcore like grass-fed organic stuff. Uh, the everyday meat um, consumer can have like hormones from animals and like whatever else has been pumped into it so it's really care so I'm really cautious about putting that into my body and more and more um, so this year trying to question my foods and um, think about what else I'm consuming beyond just the, the product itself. So all the things that come with it, um, in me and the things I don't know about and how it was raised and, and like what's been put in it to preserve it, etc. So I wasn't really sure or confident enough to continue doing that. So, yeah. So that's a bit of the intro about why those three. But yes, going back to alcohol, the first and foremost one. Um, as as I said, it was pretty easy because I went to live, um, on an island alone at the time I did it. So it was quite. Um, a seamless transition into this kind of life. It was very wholesome, I was by a beach, I was living in a beach house alone, um, the area I was staying didn't have um, many kind of like people my age and it was in a very rural like uh, fishing village in Antigua so most people around me at any one time would be like three or four when I'd walk up the street or half a mile down the road to go to the lo- local shop to get maybe some produce but all in all I'd have like occasionally um kind of a village kid run past me or if I really chose to just stay in then no one. So yeah, it was... I find that I touch alcohol with social situations more than I do alone and when I'm alone I don't really crave it and I don't really pick up one glass and I know it's it's probably a generational thing or maybe just a personal thing but um, often families or grown-ups, grown-ups I am grown-up, but like older adults will have one glass in the evening but that was never part of my regime. I would always have alcohol in quite big quantities when it was like the weekend or after work or something and it would be naturally associated with the London lifestyle and I knew that most of the time I wanted to do it but I think is being in a place where that is so rooted in culture does make it hard to budge as a habit and hard to think about other things you can do with your time or well it's harder anyway um and it is like that kind of social pressure and that thing of having to justify yourself if you don't drink and me being me like oh, I would always give in to someone just being like cool just have one because like, I liked it it was something I liked and I like drinking I like the emotions associated with it in the moment and you know how I kind of transform and I get giddy and like mm-hmm. I kind of release the shackles of my worries and all the responsibility of my day to day so it was just kind of more of a test to see how I was without this stimulant and um without this kind of lifestyle I guess um so yeah I think uh the downside of drinking in my former lifestyle which would probably be around three times a week um and one would be really heavy um would be just it created fertile land for negative thinking I found um and destructive habits and if I was on a high it would soon crash to be a low or if I'd had um a series of um drinking episodes I generally would notice like my mental speed Mental space being quite negative and dark, and um, I don't think that's kind of sustainable. And I was like, Oh, I think generally I'm unhappy with my life for certain other reasons, but I don't think alcohol is helping me get out of it at all. Um, And it, it clouded my vision to grow, and it made me, I guess, less caring and loving towards myself and choosing the right choices, for example, like the next day in terms of nutrition and caring for myself. Automatically, you're drawn to things that possibly aren't the best for you long term and health wise but you just want to make yourself feel better at the time so you're quite short term in your thinking Well, i was anyway so yeah i wanted to explore my inner world without the alcohol warped perception Um, and i think this is really important to me getting closer to my true self to be like what do i want make these decisions um, away from any societal pressure and peer pressure um, and see how it affects my performance and my soul and my mental health Um, and i think also physical which this was a lesser kind of this was of lesser importance to me at the time physical health because I kind of I didn't really have any fitness goals or physical goals it was more like maintaining kind of a healthy level of you know what you need to be alive and stuff and not getting um any kind of big diseases but um for me it was that mental space and mental clarity I sought um and it did that it really did that a month off it did that and I think what I noticed was I didn't crave alcohol When I was sad or happy, like I would in a former lifestyle, um, I didn't ever think, God, I'd love a glass of wine at all. I think also the climate changed my appetite and changed my, obviously, chemical functioning and my, my, my balance and stuff. And it refocused me to, I guess, my surroundings, which was more natural. Everything was more simplistic and alcohol felt like a luxury where I was. So it was somewhat out of whack with the lifestyle I was in. I think it would be so different if I was back in England or back in London or back in the work routine because I think it comes with this lifestyle and being in colder seasons or when you have more win- when you have more winters and darker days I think alcohol helps everyone um yeah so where I was didn't make me crave it um I decided that I would run more often and set myself little goals so after a couple of days off it and setting this intention I was like oh now I don't have this coming up i'll see if i can set myself a fitness goal which is something i don't ordinarily do i just kind of work out when i feel like i need to so i was like yeah maybe i'll try running more and see if i can improve my time or you know improve um the distance i'm covering when i'm going out from the beach house i was staying at around the local village and it really did um help my stamina i think first and foremost the physical uh benefits were stamina and um when i was feeling at that point where i was like i don't want to carry on the little voice that is usually quite clouded and hidden was like, you can do it. And then I pushed on that bit further. Whereas I think in, I guess the life before when I was working on myself, working out, it would be like, Oh, you're tired. Just give in. And the little voice would have kind of no platform. And I would just kind of give in to that feeling of feeling tired. So I guess with the physical performance, that little voice inside, I think I would probably coin that as my inner self and the authentic self. I am to be whimsical about it um, was stronger so I was like, yeah, I can hear you again. It's nice that you're peering out and talking to me and giving me that motivation and you know what's best for me anyway. So listening to that more than the negative talk and more of the talk that wants you to give up, etc. cetera. Um, I had more pride in my body. I acknowledged my body as like a machine over just an aesthetic tool or aesthetic device or something that people would look at and judge. I was judging it for different qualities, for how it functioned, how it was more machine-like and and beautiful and how it would heal and it could push itself. So um, with that, the choice I made for eating altered and I wanted to feed it stuff that made it feel stronger rather than destructively, I guess if you were drinking alcohol more often then I would have days where I'd probably eat less healthy according to my own standards. I had more energy in general, like I'd wake up with more vitality and be like, woohoo, ready, ready and springy, even if perhaps I'd have a wake up and have a bad mood day for another reason, my body itself would feel good and soon that bad mood and that cloud would dissipate and then I'd kind of have more clarity and be like, overall, life is good, so this is just a passing mood. So with that, I was able to decipher, digest and process um things that would influence my mood negatively more quickly to push that out or just deal with it quickly so that I could have a more positive stable mood um less self-loathing totally 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 big one there i um wouldn't look at myself and be like and negatively talk to myself which is a default for many of us um, i think that's something that's kind of been programmed into us to always self-criticize and do better and what we're doing isn't enough but i was less like that with um not drinking alcohol i just again like saw the beauty in things as you know as they were and i saw my body as like i said um a functioning living system rather than just something i needed to mold to look good um so less criticism in terms of how i looked i also had more belief in what i could do so i think this was li- linked to um my fitness levels so having a belief in something i i wanted to do but hadn't yet tried um, it gave me that urge to pursue it. So making sure that I could beat my time when I was running, when I was like, um, and the times of day I was going, I was going more when it was more like the heat of the day and in like, like thicker temperatures. And I was really proud of myself because I was like, Oh God, but don't think I could have done that half an hour on, um, before in like 30 degree heat. But I started doing that and it became a norm. So just really believing in something and then achieving it and then noticing that and not like noticing my progress. So I had this kind of positive evolution of thoughts feeding the physical, then feeding back to my thoughts. It was a really nice loop. And I think, lastly, um, more consistency with my cravings and selecting healthier foods and drinks. Like I said, with the diet, it was natural, but um, I have big up-and-down cravings, something I noticed in my everyday life, and I don't know if this was purely related to alcohol or other things that affected my mood or my own kind of, like, default process and coping habits, but I love um, sweet things and... Or I'd love having lots of things at once and binge eating something. For example, if I buy like a 100 gram bar of chocolate, I would eat it all in one go. Um, and I would go and satisfy that need. So when I quit quit alcohol um, and obviously pursued fitness a bit more and lived more in line with nature, my cra- cravings were more at bay. And after a glass of wine here in like England and my London lifestyle would be like, oh, I'm going to go and like get like a wrap or go get crisps and pick at things. But when I was over there in that kind of lifestyle and thinking just about um, a sober lifestyle and focusing on my wellness of my body, I didn't have the kind of peaks in my cravings and the need to kind of remedy anything after drinking alcohol or like just pick because it's like a natural habit for picking food when you're drinking. So these kind of all leveled out. So overall, I would say there was such a strong leveling out and it fed a healthy, positive cycle of habits that stemmed into all different areas of being human, which was really positive for me. Um, but I want to be real with you, because <laughs> I think it's grass is always greener and stuff, and I noted this on my blog, all the positive stuff, but after some time, when I went back on alcohol and drinking, when I went to a party there at the very end of my trip, and then when I moved on to Cape Town, which was more heavily involved with drinking and partying and meeting people as much as I didn't want to go to that extreme I did notice that I do like alcohol and I really like the taste and I love the feeling of being a bit looser and calmer in myself for a moment just releasing that kind of seriousness that I kind of have inside my head and like analyzing everything in everyday life it kind of took that away and it takes that away from me so I do want to um, acknowledge that like quitting alcohol is a great thing and it's so good and I would champion anyone who um, can do it and does it I know my friend Holly Clark has not been drinking for like four or five years now and she's happy like that but i just can't be like that and i know and i've accepted it in myself that i like drinking in moderation and i don't do it every night i don't crave the taste it's more like when i'm in a social occasion and i attach it to that and i like the person i am when i'm on it because it makes me free it makes me fiery i've noticed it kind of makes me that more confident person I want to be, but I don't use it as a remedy to be that every day. It's just like in certain moments when I feel like I want to come alive, I have it and I love the taste. And I think it's a really nice luxury thing, especially with good wine to have in a social occasion with good food. So um, I've acknowledged that and accepted it in myself. And recently I listened to um, an audio podcast by this kind of like self-development big thinker blogger called Mark Manson. And he said, if if self-discipline feels difficult, you're doing it wrong. And he talks about all these things that we do in daily life about setting goals and quitting stuff, starting stuff and it being really hard work. But then he takes it back to um, the level of just telling us like as it is, if the pain doesn't go away of And if the reason why you did it um, doesn't kind of show its value and doesn't present itself as better than the lifestyle before, then why are you doing it? Um, And if it's not giving you more meaning or purpose, then don't feel the need to just continue doing it because your mind's saying you should or because you're scared of failing or because maybe other people might think it's better or you you don't want to, like, fail your own expectations. But um, you're testing your willpower and it will be more of a, like more of a pressing subject for you to keep testing your willpower and if it's not worth it then you won't find that motivation to do so so I think it's really important to analyze why you do things if you've tried it and you think it's way better to do then continue but if you realize actually it's not as good as the benefits like long term and I do enjoy um, the pleasure I take from that thing um, but maybe I can just strip it down then acknowledge it because life's about balance and that's one thing I learned from being away like a life with balance is I think the definition of happiness because um, happiness isn't just a thing you can like grab and take and it's like, oh, now I have it. I think it it comes as a result of things you do in your life and the choices you make and the lifestyle you create. And if you have more positivity every day when you wake up in this type of lifestyle with these certain habits, then that is thumbs up for me. So yeah, that is alcohol. So the next set of learnings I want to chat about are the ones that came from quitting meat for a month. And again, I did, did that in Antigua of um, September 2018 last year and although the lesser of the three stimulants slash detriments to my health and state of mind at the time I, it was something I was considering because I noticed it had slowly but gradually slipped out of my diet anyway and my normal eating habits it wasn't something I was craving often it wasn't something that I would be really excited buy. I know some people get really pumped by having like a barbecue or a roast dinner and they just aren't in my set of interests I don't like I don't jizz over that. So um for me, I was like, maybe it's time to cut that because not only did I feel a bit weird, like psychologically, like a bit icky when I did have a big hunk of meat, I felt physically like dense and a bit like Ugh, afterwards. And I felt that my body was taking a long time to digest a meal. And I just want it to be like, not feeling sluggish. Um I'd also, I guess from uni times, always had in this kind of like more have-it-when-you-need-it mentality with spending. I don't really spend for the luxury of it often, and this is just my relationship with money. So I think that kind of fed into my choice for stopping it, because I would buy it if I was um, really craving it, which would be like once every two months. I'd crave maybe a bit of red meat, or I'd crave a bit of chicken, like chicken garlic, chicken, Kiev's God. But I would never um, go spend on myself on like a brunch to treat myself out with meat involved. It wouldn't be a treat... And I associate eating out with be, with being social and enjoying with company and and company of those that you love and care for. And because I was living on alone, living alone on an island, that didn't really happen so much. So I didn't really have that that like lust to go out and find a restaurant or cafe to go eat. And if I did it, it wouldn't be with me so there's like a whole host of reasons why I quit meat um and I started listening to like podcasts more um more geared to health and reading articles more and obviously we're in an age where knowledge is so transparent you can get it from anywhere um that the more I was reading about meat the less I was confident about what I was eating and where it came from um the history from the animal source all the way to it being on my plate um how it was handled how it was treated Um, you know, the process and production process and the chemicals involved. So that whole history from an ethical point of view, um, you know, the meat handing point of view, and just thinking about it as a life form, kind of all came into this idea of me not being sure why I'm doing it, if I'm not getting total pleasure from it. And just like I said before, from the Mark Manson conclusion, if self discipline, if self discipline feels difficult, why do it? Um, This was pretty easy to do and I'd like to say here at this point in February 2019 um I have continued to not eat meat and um I decided what's the point if I really I'm just having it for the sake of it and I think it was something I had to choose to do consciously more so this year because previously I quit it for a month and then I went kind of back on picking at things every now and then I'll just get like maybe chicken in some sort of form or I would have yeah not really red meat just mainly white meat and then occasionally fish but no it was January 2019 I officially decided to be really conscious of not having any meat or fish products in my diet um even if in sauce there's anchovies or something I had to really be like no I'm strictly not eating this because like it wouldn't I don't know it didn't feel right to me to have like half a rule for one type of meat and then like 0.75 rule for another type of meat so I was like it's time to remove it I want to first talk about, before I come on to now, um, a bit more, I want to talk about how I felt then. Um, it, I ba- I basically realised my diet was, as they coin it in like trend papers and like on the internet for clickbait, a flexitarian, which meant occasionally you had meat but you would never like opt for it um, unless you really wanted to. So it would be like once or twice a week, I'd say. Um, and also I wasn't shopping for it I would just buy like frozen food occasionally if I came in from work late like a meat product but I would never sit and enjoy cooking like a spaghetti bolognese it just didn't come in to my lifestyle and I was all about convenience and I really liked plant-based foods anyway so I was eating a lot of avocados chickpeas grains bread fruits yogurt eggs so I felt that I was getting enough and I was satiated when I was eating I felt very content and I still had sugar and I had treats so all like my My palate and my cravings were satisfied without meat in them. Anyway, it felt so, so easy to do that for a month, like not having any meat products in my diet at all. Um, I didn't feel any guilt afterwards. I didn't feel nausea. I didn't feel density after eating a meal. Um, I guess there's always that monetary benefit, but that wasn't really something I noticed because I'm quite good with spending money anyway. Um, My conscience was clearer. Um, I felt more comfortable after a meal knowing that like I knew where things come from a bit more, even if it's like, I guess you can't say that for everything, like yogurt or cheese, like how was this made? But because it didn't come from a conscious life form, I just had that half that removed or even more half that like thinking process taken from my conscience. Um, I think also physically contributed to my stamina levels and better energy levels as well. This kind of fed into my um, not alcohol drinking thing and like pushing my running around when I was in Antigua and just walking loads and feeling generally, like, well. Um, I felt lighter in my step. I wasn't as, like, sluggish. And I guess I was less moody, I think. In general, I felt, like, more level. I think this was part of the argument that when you have animals, you have hormones. And I'm very, very, very um, influenced by hormones. And that was the reason why I decided to come off the pill when I was, I think, like, seven, eight years ago now because synthetic hormones and other people's hormones in my system... Really buggered me up, like my mood swings are crazy anyway. I go up and down in an hour as anyone who knows me well would know, so i didn't want to cut i didn't want to keep having things that um influence or injected me with this like instability, so I felt like meat was part of that, so I felt more level um I think my body became more resourceful, so I needed less to keep going, but i again, I also think that was um partly because of the Caribbean climate and hotter days you eat less anyway, and your appetite is nipped in the bud a bit more um and generally felt psychologically more positive and I felt like I was doing something good now I'd question that habit and I kind of got a conclusion that was positive and sh- certain I felt like I was doing something good for a wider scale um that had a bigger bigger impact so I guess one person's meat consumption would is a bit like a splash in the notion but I think it starts somewhere and I, d- I felt because I'm not getting huge enjoyment from it why continue? So even now, if I perhaps crave a bit of meat, I won't have it because I know psychologically afterwards and physically I'd feel not very nice, and I feel a lot cleaner and lighter and balanced with this. So I guess that was the opposite side effect of alcohol. Although I saw huge benefits from quitting alcohol, I still wanted it in my life, whereas with meat now, I don't want it enough. So that was, it was a nice contrast, I think this is, um, I think that time since October, since I quit these things for a month, has allowed me to process, um, what I really do enjoy, um, and what really does benefit me, and feeds into, kind of, my social life, and my habits, so yeah, um, now I don't have meat, and I've cut drinking milk, because this was another cow's milk, that is, this was another thing that played with things that influenced my mood, um, hormones in milk, um, Yeah for me now it's way better. I don't have any synthetic hormones um, unless obviously I have cheesecake or cheese or yogurt but I feel like that affected me less than I had milk and I have a couple of coffees a day. I have milk in my smoothies. Um, If I have like a a pudding then it would probably have milk or cheese in it. So I didn't want to have more hormones in my diet every day um, with with those little, little things. So cutting that out has greatly improved my mental balance and clarity too and I feel better for it overall and I feel conscious i feel more conscious and connected to the planet um i feel more conscious of my role in the world and what and my efforts and how voting with my feet and my my wallet and my choices have effects um and just reading the news now and how all these new health things coming up and diets and you know older generations older generations trying things um and supermarket offerings i think it's such a big positive movement just knowing there's more out there and people being more educated as to how their purchasing power affects the bigger picture. So I love that there's wide information for everyone, and I'm not saying everyone should do it, I just wanted to share that for me it worked, and it's important to accept in yourself what you really love and what works for you, even if it's not cutting meat, but it might be something that makes you feel better that you haven't realized yet by questioning something in your diet. And lastly, but not least, um, the effects of giving up people. Um, but just to redefine that, I didn't actually give up people, I was just in a living situation where I was more isolated, and fewer people are around me, and it was definitely a stark contrast contrast to my London living, where I was living in um, bustley, bustling Camberwell, off a of main road, and going to work with like 80 other people, and then doing social life things, so yeah, it was um, a lifestyle full of people, and um, what I needed was a Pull like pull the plug, break from that, just to discover myself and really listen to what I wanted and, and what I was thinking, because what I noticed really is something we don't think about often is how much people can influence us, um, their thoughts, their feelings, infiltrating our spaces, what we absorb. Some characters are more of a dominant presence, and others are more of like a a flexible, absorb absorbing kind of introverted presence. And I think depending on your makeup and character if you're one perhaps that's less dominant and that can be more introverted or can be a person who absorbs more, especially if you're an empath, you can notice your space being infiltrated with other people's ideas and feelings. So it is important to take time out for you to decide like, what are you actually feeling and what is that feeling as a result of spending time with, you know, Tracy down the road or, um, Sarah at work. So, I, I did this for me to just be like, what do I think and feel? I'm having a bit of a life crisis. <laughs> the only way I know that I can be really true to myself is follow my instincts and leave and therefore listen to the little voice inside my head stronger and, my, and my, let my feelings surface as a result of the things I'm doing and not as a result of my environment where people were a main factor of it. I felt in London I was, I slipped into the default of people-pleasing a bit too much and being nice for the sake of nice and not honouring my true feelings as much because I wanted to save face or it was just easier and more cooperative and collaborative to do so. I was always busy in London because I feel like it's the place to be busy and there's so much choice and there's so much going on that it's hard to resist um, not being busy. And like for me, I had FOMO loads so if there's something going on I always wanted to be part of it. Which was kind of another reason why I needed to like separate myself from it because FOMO really isn't real and it wasn't cool. It wasn't honoring myself and it didn't benefit what would benefit me long term, which is being like, what do I really want to do? Stay in and give myself the time and not give it out to other people. But yeah, it just wasn't in in the cards when I was in London and living a a city life. Um, so it, overall, my my self time was sacrificed heavily, um, and I didn't I wasn't able to kind of build that resistance. M- Muscle of being like, no, I want to stay in and do me, or I want to go walking and do me. It was just so much harder in that kind of tempting, exciting lifestyle. So, in order to sacrifice people, I had to go away, and I did. And it was straight after coming from Toronto and being in London, so it was like, poof, like a slap in the face. And I kind of love that. I love extremes because that's part of my personality. I'm very like, all or nothing. So, it was something I needed to feel, and I wanted to prove to myself I could do it, and I did. Um, And there are things I've learned, which I'm going to be really honest with you now about, which were really positive. But also, again, coming to a realization where it's all about balance and what I learned from what the value of people in our lives. So firstly, um, what I noticed from quitting people for a month or not being around them as much was just um, spending so much more time on my hobbies and filling my time with things that I had the urge to do in that moment. Um, So I guess this helped not having a job as well but in general I was like writing more, walking, swimming, I would wake up and um, practice gratitude more often, it didn't slip my mind in, in, you know, in search of just having to get up and do something else or like speaking to someone in my house or on the street. <clears throat> um, I did some gardening which was so weird because it's so not my not like me, but the lady's house I was staying in had this beautiful rich garden full of like um trees of life and like they're called moringa and like she was growing avocados and all these things and it was she was like if you want you can maintain them and although I was wasn't struck at first I was like maybe this is good for me so I got into gardening and that was really humbling and like connecting with other things that weren't just people so like other species acknowledging those they're part of the earth too um and I had time to decide what I want for the future because when I'm alone I have this time away and I have this time to think and I love thinking. It's probably one of my favourite things to do, think, but also, yeah, blessing and a curse. But um I like who I am and what I do and my vision my visions for the future when I'm away from people. I find that it's easier to understand them when I don't have the noise um or that kind of temptation of other people's decisions around me. Um and I don't feel that like FOMO or that like comparison that happens when I'm around other people. Um, and it's so much harder when you're there because I feel like the choices I was m- making in that life, where people were more readily available and around me, were rooted in my ego <coughs> and less um, rooted in my, like, what I really wanted and what choices would really serve me. So, this was a time about shedding my former identity, I think, and expectations, and following that deeper yearn inside, and allowing that little voice to come out and being like, Oh, this is kind of something I like doing, or oh, you naturally are drawn drawn to doing this more every day. So maybe that's something. And um, and this type of life was free of, I guess, more of that societal expectation because in Antigua it was just like everything's simple and everything's stripped back. And being out of the city, it's less urbanized, therefore less systems, um, less me- like fewer messages around. So you're literally left with nature and your own head, and maybe people who lived in a village all their life. And these factors contributed to, like, generally my well-being and generally having space to to trust what I thought and not question what I thought, which was a very common effect of life in the city. So um, other results and other effects I found were really beneficial. It heightened creativity because... I think creativity comes from that source inside you when you're really honest with yourself and when you have you give your own voice that space and that recognition and value. Um, a greater sense of self. I knew myself more. I knew what I liked. I was able to like take time to do hobbies or try things without thinking there was something better to do, you know. Um, I was more content. And I liked art for the sake of making art. <laughs> I didn't feel like I needed to do something for an agenda, which was nice. I had more clarity of thought as... I've already said and more positive self-thoughts on the whole in general I was like oh I'm pretty good I'm a nice person um I like what I do um these things are serving me and that's okay Uh, even if they weren't maybe even if I didn't see them as more as beneficial before or like useful or productive and um I gained a chunkier toolkit on giving myself love, I kind of learned what worked for making me feel better every day, rather than like giving my time to other people, other responsibilities, and not really taking time to think, how am I today? Uh, What do I need to do to make me feel pumped and happy and the best? Um, I kind of lost that, so I took a month to decide and acquire all these things that made me feel good. Um, And generally a reduction in angst and anxiety, um, this came from spreading my tel- spreading myself too thinly before in that um in like a more people centric environment busy in- urban environments because I have a tendency to do that like I would always if like there's something on, I'll go there on a social occasion, even if it like took a lot of energy out of me, or if I felt like I needed to go to the gym, I'd always do that um and that would take a lot out of me physically as well as mentally um just like pushing and pushing and then go to work, and then it'd be like meetings and You know lunchtime we'd all sit together and chat about like everything under the sun and by the time I got home and like got off the tube or a bus or walked and tried to like speak to as many people as possible um it would just be like whoa my head is on overdrive and I get just felt really anxious and like not rested and not content and not fulfilled because I was giving all of my energy and time to to other things and other people And not thinking, like, I need this hour of my day to just be alone. I think the most I got in a day back then was, like, just before bed. Um, And that wasn't enough, because then I'd go into not having enough time for me, which would then bleed into, like, not getting enough sleep, and then the next day I'd have to do it all over again. So I just felt so exhausted and um, anxious. I didn't fill myself up enough. Um, And as the good saying goes, if your cup isn't full, you can't make anyone else's cup fuller. So always focus on... You first, Um, but as a result of living alone for a month, nearly. um, Actually, it wasn't a month because I got to week three, and that's when I realised this is not healthy. And I realised being human means you're a social creature, and I need to acknowledge that. And you can't do everything on your own. And as much as I wanted to and really push for this belief that I could be independent and alone, and I could problem solve by myself, and I could emotionally soothe myself, you just need other people sometimes you just need someone else around you like a presence um just to be like you're there and you have that kind of like subconscious knowledge and comfort knowing that someone else is there even if you're not directly interacting with them I think what I learned from being in such an intense in in the two extremes was one it means you're just sucked dry of all your energy and you're you're depleted and you don't have enough for yourself the other one is you have too much for yourself and almost I was I was like in my own mind and I was like an echo chamber of all my thoughts and I needed other people to kind of bounce things off and and like share space with, that comfort of knowing someone's there for security purposes, so I feel rested, or if I had an idea or a conversation then it would kind of be morphed by someone else's viewpoint and that's quite nice, that exchange, Um, although it's not easily um, easy to uh, kind of decipher what you're getting from a conversation, just sometimes having a simple conversation in a day with one person as opposed to not having any conversations in a day which was kind of how I was living for a bit like, the impact is huge, like, the effects are so huge, that sense of, like, oh, there's another person around me, and, you know, you're not alone in this world, it was beautiful, I was like, oh my god, thank you, another person, so I moved to an Airbnb, I think, after a third week, and in that Airbnb, this guy from Toronto was also sharing for a few days before he left, and it was so nice to have a conversation with, like, another adult, um, and someone who'd come from, you know and could appreciate a similar context he'd come from Toronto the city he knows he wants to detach from that life a bit and have a break but um it was just oh it was so comforting I kind of like cried being like oh this is so important people give you that sense of community and that belonging and and you're safe in your knowledge that you're not alone in this world because it's quite scary if you're really really alone it's like whoa and that can kind of lead down into darker places but um, I'm not saying that I was there at all but I could see how being in your own space alone for a long period of time could send you down a road that isn't as pleasant um as if you knew someone was there so um, yeah, I wanted to conclude no um I wanted to conclude on the fact that people are really important um and we are social species, a social species um and they can lift you and boost you so much, but too many people spoil the broth <laughs> if you know what I mean um it's important to save some time for yourself, so if there's a happy balance between the two. Um, then for sure. And I find that doing in extremes possibly isn't the best idea. Like if you're an intense, fast paced job where you're around people all the time and then unplugging for a to- like a month and then going back to it, I don't know if that's as rewarding as trying to secure balance in your everyday. So food for thought. But anyway, um, I hope that was interesting to you. Um, all in all, I wrote this conclusion in my blog post when I initially tried this for a month. It's probably evolved from that since, but I do, it's, still agree with it my underpinning my underpinning motto from all my decisions is doing what feels good over what looks good to myself or others so following that yearn rather than thinking oh, i should probably do this no you shouldn't um some things you have to do to like pay your bills and stuff but in general like honor what you're feeling and honor yourself because if you don't then you're just going to put yourself in like a prison of your own life so yeah try and achieve more balance really and um accept that you are as you are and you want certain things and you don't want certain things. But yeah, there's nothing wrong with trying. So have a good end of February and uh, a zingy March and I'll check in with you next week. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Check out my blog at brandmindbody.blogspot.com for more of my adventures. Also on Instagram at a underscore blanks and same for Twitter. That's B-L-A-N-X. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave me a lovely review. Lots of love.